Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tales of Recovery, the Gris Alves podcast, and the unperfect podcast. Um, no matter how much I try to get a super well done recording studio, the neighbors are playing basketball, or the dogs start barking, or whatever. But I have learned that um, you just got to do what you got to do, and it is what it is. So here we are. This episode, I think, is called Making Sense or the Felt Sense. I don't think. I mean, that's what it's called. Um, we want to make sense of life. And it's just too fucking hard. Um, and it just, there's so many variants. And it's just, I was thinking recently that whoever set us upon this rock, this earth flying in the middle of the universe, um, and then allowing us to kind of experience it and maybe get a groove and then it's over you're gone uh like what the heck like what the heck you know is is the reason the purpose the this experience is just so freaking complicated and then on top of that on top of that uh, as a species right as as beings we're kind of animals we we think we're not but we we kind of quite are very similar to animals and plants and and the way that our culture quote unquote civilization has taken us away from that and people are stuck in concrete and in little desks or in schools sitting with you know a coat and a tie or, or or being in a school being told that you have to comply with every, the the education exactly like everybody else and there's all these lights and cars and the way that the weight that that type of life, you know, with all the stress and the news and all that has on top of the basic human experience of trying to make sense of life is just insane. So I want to let everybody know, including myself, that it's okay to be losing your shit here and there because it's part of being a human and this human condition of trying to make sense of something that really I don't know if um, can can be made of. Um, and what I what I believe is that instead of making sense, there's a felt sense. Mm. I mean, you can say like, well, of course it makes sense. Like, you come here to love. Yes, uh, it's all about love. You come here to to learn, you know, you come here to work out your karmas or you come here to have an, I don't know, an experience in this human body, whatever. All of those things are ideas. And who knows what's true, who knows what's not. But that's, you know, of course, the reason why people come up with religions and, and cults and, and, you know, these organizations that are led by that they're not never mind the leaders these these groups that we that we you know are drawn to because we want these answers we want these answers but we don't want to do the work we want to give our power off to someone else and just kind of fuck around and goof around and not do what you're supposed to do which really is to in my opinion get in the body and feel in practice, there's so much information nowadays, and most of the information that we're getting about 
for example, how to work with anxiety. Welcome your anxiety. Hello, anxiety. This is a message. This is an alarm from your body telling you, beep, beep, something is scaring me. Something is not wrong here. Uh, I don't like this. And what are we taught to do? Take a pill and ignore it. Push it down and suck it up. And the consequence of that is really a very powerful, um, actually sorrowful, a very powerfully sorrowful experience of depression, of addiction, of numbing out what we have to let come out, right? The felt sense. And when I, you know, was little and these, all these sensations started coming up, which is another podcast that I need to put on here, um, which is kind of like, yes, my addiction story. People have been asking, tell me all, tell me your addiction story. Uh, I'm actually going to be sharing some of my story next week at the Psychedelics and Recovery meeting in Hillcrest. If anyone's interested to come by, it's a great, really cool community of um, people that are trying to stay in this path of recovery and healing um, without, you know, drugs and alcohol, but with the use of plant medicine and other medicines that are being used nowadays to help with depression and this and that. Psychedelics and recovery is fucking dope. I recommend it. And anyway, it's a Kava Collective, big plug for the meeting. I have, you know, remember since I was eight years old, I just didn't want to, I couldn't feel what I was feeling. I just couldn't. It was so overwhelmingly weird and painful. I couldn't identify it, of course. I mean, you're eight years old. You're not thinking like, oh, I'm very angry because, you know, maybe my mom and dad aren't getting along or I feel so much pressure from this or I'm having to sit. I remember sitting all night long thinking, what's going to happen when I die? Like, it's going to be so many, so many, so many years of like, you know, you die, I assume you fall asleep or you're just floating around there in the clouds or in the universe around the stars. And then how many years go by? How many years go by? And then here we are. Like that was my thought process since eight years old, right? So I remember going down to the street buying some cigarettes because it was like, what in the fuck? We got a party. I don't know. It was just, just too crazy. And, you know, this these, these memories in our bodies that we learn to numb out, because, you know, after that, some alcohol, some cough syrup, some weed, some this and that, on and on and on. Until, you know, yes, you get to recover, you, you, you tone it down, you stop drinking, but then you shop a lot. Or then you want to, you know, um, make sure everybody likes you or you have the right career. I mean, there's all these things that people don't consider as addictions, but they're, they're in there. I mean, you can take different roads, but um, the avoidance of these questions about life. Because I suppose I was trying to make sense of life since I was eight years old, seven years old, whenever I can remember. I do remember it was very young because we lived in Mexico City and I was in this room with my sister. Um, we shared the room together and I would just lay there all night. Also, I would be scared to fall asleep because I thought I'm going to fall asleep and somebody's going to come in and make the bed like my mom or Irene that live with us. And they're going to make the bed and I'm going to be stuck here underneath. And I won't be able to breathe. And then I'm really going to die. I mean, it was just like, you know, I was just recently in up in the mountains in Oaxaca, in San Jose del Pacifico, looking at some 
beautiful property, um, dreaming up a community with Julio and some friend, my friend Luis, just thinking about what we can create there community-wise for healing, for yoga retreats and meditation, and of course, magic mushrooms, because that's, gosh, it's one of the most powerful medicines, um, and it's with high respect, mucho, mucho respeto, and humility, because um, it's very, it's, it's very sacred. People are just swinging around left and right. You know, these classes and all this, you know, it's po so popular now. But uh, I really want to create a space where it can be held in its sacredness and integrated with yoga, meditation, mindfulness therapy, dance, sport, whatever, sports, athletes, whatever you need to do to get in the body. You know, not just like another pop the pill and don't do the work. We have to do the work. We have to do the work of knowing that our breath, inhale and exhale, and inhale and exhale for about 20, 30, 45 minutes, which everyone has the capacity to do because you spend two or three hours on the Instagram or the frigging YouTube and you're just completely checked out. But if you if we, if we could focus on these disciplines, these practices, and tune in our own machine, our vehicles, um, we, would, we, are, we have the capacity to, to cultivate this space for mindfully becoming aware of what's happening. So, you know, I'm eight years old, I'm going down to the store, trying to buy cigarettes, making my brother and sister smoke, my dad caught or they, you know, oh, let's take some cough medicine on the road trip to San Francisco because fuck 10 hours with mom, you know, the whole family in the car. Uh, or just drinking at all the parties because, well, because why not? I mean, everybody else was doing it. It's way more fun than feeling all awkward standing in the corner like, oh, I don't know if I fit in, this and that. And then completely unaware of why what the trauma just completely unaware the only thing I, I remember thinking and knowing and i think a lot of us do is just i'm just a mess i'm just fucked up i'm broken i remember my mom would tell me because you know she would see me partying you know i grew up in tijuana so 16 17 years old it's like yeah let's go to the bar let's have a beer she would be like mijita then mucho cuidado. Be very careful because your your um, great aunt, so my grandfather's sister, is an alcoholic, and like literally, she's in the wheelchair, and they had to hide the alcohol. So, alcoholism is in the family, and so be very careful. That that's all she would say. And in my opinion, in, in my brain, I would mean I had like one beer. I wasn't even really drinking that much. I was sixteen. I would think to myself, hmm. Well, I guess I'm going to be an alcoholic because that was what my mom says, right? If the is an alcoholic, well, then I'm going to be an alcoholic. I mean, that's just, it's in the genes. And I've come to realize the sorrow of not saying, you know, okay, there is this genetic memory in your, in your DNA, but why is it in there? It's not just because a chemical reaction. It's because of oppression and so many hundreds and hundreds of years of not allowing the felt sense to come through because you can't. 
as a woman, as a human, as a person, you just couldn't. You were taught to just shut it, you know, and the way to make sense, because it's just, you know, they, they stick you in religion, which it doesn't work, which is why everyone drinks, including the priests and the leaders, because <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Unless you're a Buddhist monk and you're so freaking disciplined in these practices, but uh, I mean, who has the ability to live like that? And, you know, these, this non-awareness that we, that we walk in is, is the main problem. And we get our attention robbed constantly by, ding, ding, you know, oh, there's a thing on the phone. Oh, somebody liked my picture. Oh, there's another WhatsApp. There's another text. Oh, there's another email. Oh, well, let me check my Instagram. Let me this. Oh, let me watch this on TV. A constant, like, I don't return texts right away. And it's taken me quite some time to make peace with the fact that if you get upset because you see that I've seen your text and I'm not replying well, guess what? Um, deep breaths, deep exhales. I'll get back to you when I can. Uh, nobody owns you. And if you have a business and that's your business and you need to reply, yes, you can reply. You can always say, I'll get back to you in a second. But we have this sense of like, everything has to be right now, so urgent. And it, and it puts our nervous system, which is like the motor of your body, you know, like the engine, you have a car, you rev up the engine. And if you're not driving, you're just sitting there outside of your house, revving it, revving it, revving it, revving it for hours. Something's going to happen to that motor. Like, it's going to get hot. You're going to run out of gas. You're going to run out of oil. That's kind of what happens to your body when you're constantly putting it on stress mode, anxiety mode. And don't turn the engine off or let go off the pedal. And take a deep breath in. And a deep breath out 50 times. Start with five. Start with five. You'd be surprised. What the breath does is it gets into the brainstem, into, into these brain receptors that tell your brain, here's some space for an opioid, a natural one. Here's some space to tell your brain, Oh, I'm going to practice my body. And of course, it's not going to happen right away if you've been struggling for years with this. But there's things to add on to little by little with so much, so much. Always, always remember self-compassion. Like, oh, shit, this is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do, but it's hard for everybody. You're not the weirdest one. You're not the craziest one. You know, don't try to win the fucking Academy Award of like, I'm just the worst. Thank you. Give me your fucking award speech for being the worst. No, no, no. Nobody. Nobody wants to hear that, including your true self, your highest self. We just say that because we want attention or we are like trying to, you know, like this culture of like, oh, por mi culpa, por mi culpa. I'm so fucking, I am the worst, you know, and, and it's, it's really time to stop that nonsense. To carry yourself from that nonsense to healing is where the work is and where there's a lot of help now. There's so much support now. From coach to coach to coach or practice to practice to practice, we learn, we learn little by little that you are, you have the power inside of you. Soy el poder dentro de mí. So we need to learn, we can learn to stop giving our power away and putting it back in through, you know, mindfulness-based stress reduction, breath work, dance and movement, sober, don't go out dancing drunk. I mean, you can do that if you want, but for a practice, 
try to stay in your body without going to get drunk. Dance therapy, tribal dancing, getting in the body into the felt sense, I believe is what's going to save us. In this felt sense, also around the earth, grounding, oh, outside in your garden, even if you have a little two by four of grass, you put your feet in there, you stick your hands in there. If it's wet, it's even better. Because the more and more we learn that we are these conduits of energy, I mean, how do you think you're alive? Breath and energy. And it's not woo-woo, and it's just we've been taking, you know, we I don't know about you, but I would just think like, well, we're just alive because we're alive, right? Because, I don't know, some magician went, and here we are. And maybe something like that. But the way that, that life is living, the way we are breathing and eating and the food turns into your cells and then goes into your body and you keep what you need and then you poop what you don't. And then that gets recycled into the earth and the earth turns it back into a tree. I mean, it is pretty phenomenal and pretty miraculous. And we forget because we're not in constant contact with that. We have the bills and the kids and then this and then this and then that. And the only way is to really schedule in that time for self-care, for that practice, for the discipline, because guess what? It, you know, yesterday my sister called me. She was at the Chris Isaac concert. I'm not really sure who he is, but she was at that concert and she texted my brother and I said, oh my goodness, I'm here and there's so many young kids. Like, I feel so old. Like, what the fuck is happening? And, you know, I, I, it's like, you know, mi pequeña saltamontes, just like, listen, we all think that we're not going to age. The time isn't going to pass. That word just, you know, um, what's the word? Like, just, I don't know, that it's just never going to end. And it's, and it's, you know, it's going to end. It, it is. And it's not going to end right away. But let me just see what I what I wrote her on the text because I keep forgetting. Así es. Uno cree que nunca pasará el tiempo. Somebody thinks, we all think that time isn't going to ever pass. But like her mother-in-law says, uh, beats the alternative. <laughs> well, we think it beats the alternative. Who knows? But definitely the process of dying and death and leaving and being scared of what the hell is going on and making sense can be extremely intense. So what's the answer? I don't know. Be here now. What else are we going to do? Um, you know, when, when, we, when I stopped drinking the Kool-Aid and the religion and I, we, we brought in the whole process of deconstruction into my kids, my little son would say, mm, so now what, Mama? Now that there's no heaven with this golden castle or blah, 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 what's going to happen when we die? A big black abyss? Um, and I've said this on the podcast before you guys have heard it, but it's a beautiful question. I mean, that's the, la del millón, no? That's, that's the big question. I remember just thinking, well, look into my eyes. And I give him a hug. And let's take a deep, long breath, because I teach my kids deep, long breaths. And all we know is we have right here, right now, you and me looking at each other. Breathing, and that's all we need to know. We don't need to make sense of anything. 
we have the felt sense. In this journey, in this little ride right here, we have the felt sense. And for now, that's enough. Of course, there's going to be moments of huge, like, whoa, aha things, and you might run into spirits, or you might, you know, love this specific faith and believe that thing, or you might have a, an experience with ayahuasca or psilocybin or LSD or whatever, or you might just be with a person that's passing or, or at a birth and have these moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I understand. I understand a little bit of it. Can I write a report on it? Well, I don't know. A lot of people do and everyone has their own experience, but those experiences are felt. Those experiences are the felt sense. And so the felt sense is in the body. If I'm up in my mind all freaking day, worried and this and that, then, I mean, it's probably going to go wrong. It's probably, I mean, it's just going to be um, not a very pleasant, pleasurable experience. And one of my teachers has taught me that we really are here for to sense pleasure and love in these bodies. We have some things to learn and some processes to go through, but in the end, that's what we're here for, you know, to look into each other's eyes, to feel that hug, to feel that sensuality, that orgasmic life, you know, that amazing vanilla ice cream, and these experiences of laughter and connection in the body, right? This energy that we get to move and feel and transform and the pleasure of being alive is done in the felt sense not in the mind. The mind is good for math and driving, making, which, you know, that's Excel spreadsheets and getting your work done and whatever, writing reports. But the, the heart, the breath, the largest skin in the body, which is, you know, your skin, your internal organs, your feet, your hands, your ears, like, you know, your beating heart, knowing that you can take deep breaths, that's, you know, that's the felt sense. And that's how we heal. You don't heal in the mind. You can make sense of things, but until it's not processed in the body, like crying, having an adult tantrum, dancing, dancing your grief away, having magic mushroom psilocybin experiences, right? Like with a lot of energy, you know, these spirit plans that, that move all these energy and that allow you to hit into different dimensions. You know, I was in San Jose del Pacifico with one of the locals there and they, you know, everyone there eats mushrooms since they're like 10 years old. They're so calm and wise and loving and it's very different than my experiences that I've had in other places. And one of the guys there was telling me, you know, because I'm used to reading stuff from like, I mean, a lot of ancestral stuff, but a lot of the research that's happening now and maps and they have to be very well informed because, you know, when we're going to ceremonies. Um, anyway, the way that he explains it is um, he says, we don't need to take psilocybin to have these experiences, which I know, I know to be true. You can reach these experiences just by meditation or contemplative practices or breath work, but it's a very helpful tool and it's here for a reason and it's felt in the body. He said that it, it's one of the things he says was that you have these, you enter, you open up your capacity to enter into different dimensions, right? So like 
you know, the mushrooms, you know, you, you can separate your body from this dimension and be like, whoa, in these, in these visions or these sensations and these understandings and processing. And then somebody knocks on the door and you can be like, what? Okay, I'll be right there. You, you will leave this dimension and then you get back into it. The music starts playing and off you go again. Um, and so I, I thought it was interesting, like, oh, okay, that's, that's a, an interesting point of view about how in this felt sense is not that things make sense, but you do get a sneak peek into this isn't all there is. Um, but also, does it even matter? Because what matters is right here, right now. And what I've learned is that it's easier to trust. And the only way that I've been able to trust is because of years of years of years of practice. Like I was driving up this freeway and it's like all these curves and the drivers went fast. And usually I'm losing my mind. I'm freaking out, you know, backseat driver holding on to the door. And of course I did ask him to please, we would like to enjoy the road trip, you don't have to go that fast, and he did. But another thing is I, I've figured out sometimes, not all the times, that I can trust and that I'm safe. And that if I've made it here so far, it's because I got some things to do here. And when it's my time, it's my time. But to be worried and constantly freaking out about, oh, in this next turn, the car is going to fly over and we're going to die. And then my kids will be without a mother and a father. And then what's going to happen to them? They're going to be so sad and they don't really know yet how to practice grief because they don't really go to yoga. Or that. I mean, all of this bullshit is like revving that engine while the car is on park, you know, at 150 degree weather. And here you are, here you are. So letting that thought go, letting that thought go. Deep, long breath. You get a text and, oh, this person isn't there. You know, it's like my... My cousin Karin says, Tienes que respirar, prima. It's like, okay, take a deep breath. One thing at a time. And this felt sense is now connected, you know, the heart to, to the mindfulness about, okay, my body is um, worried, but okay, body, listen, worrying isn't really getting us anywhere. So let's breathe for 15, 20, 55 minutes and come back to this one thing at a time self-compassion um you know what else are we going to do it's really quite simple it's just are we willing to do the work that's my thing like i have sponsees clients friends that call and come and they're constantly complaining i'm like are you willing to do the work that's my only question. Are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to go to meetings? Are you willing to spend time meditating? Are you willing to be outdoors at least 15 minutes a day every day? Sit outside when the sun rises. Oh, it's so early. You, you can get up early. You'd be getting up early if you had to catch a flight to the Bahamas. Just imagine that's what you're doing every day. You know, reaching out, going to community circles, grief circles, dance circles, sound healing. There's There's tons of... Um, opportunities, even online, and a lot of them are free. I don't think we should be online all the time. I do think it's good to connect with other people. But for those of us 
and that the, the can be online. Um, it's all right, whatever it takes, which also there will be a Mindfulness Monday group beginning in July. I'll be posting that soon. So if you're interested in joining Mindfulness Monday, where we meet in the Zoom every Monday for an hour and a half, 6 p.m. Um, California time, to practice, to know a little bit about the context of what's happening in your body, we learn about whatever, you know, mindfulness-based stress reduction or self-compassion or whatever practice. is. It's trauma-informed. It's all embodiment. And then we practice together and we share. It's a very cool little community space that I've had for a couple of years. I haven't really, we haven't really started it all year because I've been in and out of retreats. But in July, I'm in San Diego. So July is going to have Mindfulness Mondays for all of us that want to join. It's open for everyone, all experiences. It doesn't matter if you're an advanced meditator or not. Just come and show up. And we can together practice make the felt sense tools for anxiety and depression. If you've been in any of my uh, spirit plant medicine ceremonies, come for integration and practice. Any of my retreats come for integration and practice. Um, It's a really, it's a good experience to sit with people constantly and see what this meditation or these practices bring to you and then share and see what others are experiencing and to know and to know that it's possible and that it adds up right the more the more you go to the gym the more the more strong the more strength you cultivate the more you build these practices of breath and paying attention and paying attention and it's not about sitting there oh my god i can't do it i have to sit you know, like the Buddha and not breathe and not move. It's about becoming masters of returning. That's it. You can return to the breath 550 million times in one minute. That's it. You're just a master of returning. But when you're training the brain together with another group of people, well, it's easier to get to know your body, your mind, things that are coming up, and then getting into the felt sense and releasing a little bit more of the making sense. This great mystery. We can hold great devotion and awe of, of this love and this opportunity to be here. Um, but then let it go and be in the present moment. Um, you know, there's so many people that are, oh, I'm so spiritual and they're up flying in the stars. and you, But you're not grounded and you're bypassing some of the shit you're doing here. I'm so spiritual, but I'm getting drunk every day. And I'm, you know, I'll just, I'm I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk shit about anybody, but those are some of the things that I would do as well. So that's the only reason why I bring it up is spiritual bypassing. is not where it's at. You know, Um, you can pray all day, but you need to feel your body. You need to remember that you're here for pleasure. It's important to process that trauma of your body and allow yourself to connect and to get into that felt sense and to allow this river of of grief and trauma and sadness to go through so that there can be space for that anxiety. When it comes, you're mindful of it, you welcome it, and you get back to the practice, you ask for help, you sit outside. And hopefully none of us have to go for these prescribed medications anymore. You can microdose on plant medicine if you need to. 
while you cultivate these practices and then have a deep, deep journey as well. Very helpful. Continue to cultivate these practices, you know, and then we hopefully build this community of consciousness and awareness and most of any, most of all, empowerment. You have the power inside of you. You have the power inside of you. You can blame the neighbors and your family and this and that until you're blue in the face. It doesn't work. Take your power back. Own your shit. Deep, long breaths. Deep, long exhales. And we try to move from always trying to the things to make sense to the felt sense. I mean, we try to make sense of why this happened to me because that person did this and this person that and da da da. And, you know, Fulanita told him that and I have to make sense. I have to figure this shit out. And no, you have to feel it out. Get into the felt sense. You're never going to know what the other person's intention was or what their pain is speaking through them towards you or how you receive it or perception. You will never know. We're only responsible for ourselves setting good, healthy boundaries and remembering that while we're here in this body, in this conduit of energy, emotion, emotions, and love and awe is all we could do. The felt sense, in my opinion, is a lot easier than trying to make sense of things. Um, there's understanding. Yes, we do have also this connection to spirit to like, whoa, understand things. And then what happens is then, then you forget because it's part of the mechanism. So it's a constantly moving through with lots of compassion, setting it up like, oh, okay, last week I really had this together. I understood. I was being creative. My life was great. And then today I feel like shit and I, don't, I hate everyone. Well, that's fine too. It's okay. Um, just don't stay in that hole for longer than one or two days, you know? Call somebody, go take a bath, walk around the block, get back to the meetings, get back to your therapy, get back to your practices, get back to walking around the block, looking at the flowers, whatever you need to do. Call a friend. Call a friend who knows how to listen and is doing the work. Uh, I hate calling a friend. I'm just wanting them to listen. And then they start talking shit or saying other things. And I'm like, oh, why did I even call you? So know how to pick and choose for these situations, healthy, healthy relationships. Um, visualize healthy relationships and um, work on, the more I think, the more I work on myself, the more I commit to doing the work, then somehow my relationships get healthier. And the ones that don't, well, you know, I just, I don't know, I maybe I, I don't call you back for a while and people figure it out. You know, you're kind of in the same vibrations and electromagnetic field as others, like my friend Tom would say. And for now, I invite you to catch our mindfulness Monday starting in July. The link to sign up will be on my webpage at the events. 
There are still a few spots as well for the October retreat, which is a deep dive into healing and learning all of these practices of somatic dance and plant spirit ceremony and breath work and pleasure and getting to know your body as a woman if you haven't been able to do it to the capacity that you are capable of because of programming or limitations or religious background or culture or whatever and shame-based um, messages that we had. All of that's going to happen at that retreat. Beautiful, soft, compassionate sweat lodge temascal with lots of beautiful herbs, very healing for the body, live music. It's going to be, it really was phenomenal last time and this time we're going to top it off. So there's still a few spots left for that as well. If you have questions or want to know more about it or concerns, um, let me know. Somebody asked me there if they needed a passport. Yes, if you're, you know, you need your passport, but if you don't have a valid passport, you can just bring your birth. If you're a U.S. citizen, you bring your birth certificate and you get across the border with your California driver license and your birth certificate. But it's in October, so you have time to go get a passport. You always should have your passport ready. What if the shit is the fan? You got to have a passport. You got to get people to leave or I don't know. I mean, we live in these times where maybe we all should have like three or four passports. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but not really. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for subscribing and sharing and liking this podcast. I really appreciate every time you share it away and let others know about this. It's very, well, it's very helpful for me and it, I'm hoping it's helpful for others. And this is where the medicine is and sharing our voice and sharing our stories and sharing our, our journey into a, hopefully a better humanity and more love and less unaware trauma guiding the writing, the, the boat or the car, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's really your body. So thank you. And we will see you next time here at Tales of Recovery. Adios.